Welcome to episode 62 of the Finding True Health podcast. Most intuitive eating experts will tell you to get rid of any food rules that you have been following in order to begin eating intuitively, which I definitely agree with. But that does not mean that you still can't set some guidelines for yourself. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the difference between a rule and a guideline and teach you how to use guidelines in a healthy way if you choose to do so yourself. Can't wait to dive in, so let's get going. Are you ready to be done with diets, done trying to mold your body to fit unrealistic beauty standards? Do you want to create a healthy lifestyle simply to feel better and have more energy each day? Do you want to finally find food freedom? Hey, I'm Jenna, a registered dietitian nutritionist. Not long ago, I was an overwhelmed mom and struggled to make myself a priority. I hated my body and wondered how I could stop beating myself up every time I looked in the mirror. I also felt frustrated about my health and wished I could get myself to exercise consistently, eat more vegetables, eat less sugar, you know, actually do the things I knew could improve my mood and energy levels. But I kept telling myself I didn't have enough time or motivation or willpower or, well, you get the idea. But with some help from God, I was able to turn my health and life around. And I want to help you do the same. In this podcast, you'll find trustworthy nutrition information, critical mindset shifts, and actionable advice so you can feel better, fill your life with sustainable, healthy behaviors, and be confident in your own skin, no matter your size. So if you're ready to make peace with chocolate, but love your salad too, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. I want to give an extra big thank you to those of you who have left a review for the podcast. I was just looking over the most recent reviews and it's been a a few months. I don't look at reviews too often, mostly because I'm really worried that I'm going to see a negative review and I haven't gotten one yet, but I know the day will come because although I try really hard to do my best here, I'm not perfect. I know something I say will upset or offend somebody someday, so I'm just waiting for that. And I'm always a little worried when I open up the review section of the podcast. But I had some really sweet recent reviews. And so thank you so, so much. If you're one of those people who left them, thank you if you've left a review in the past. It just, it really means so much to me to know that my message is helping people. The work that I'm putting into this podcast is not going in vain, that it's serving its purpose of really helping people out there. So Thank you for taking time out of your busy lives to do that. It really means a lot to me. All right, on to today's topic. This is another nuanced one. So I hope I can do it justice. These are always a little bit tricky, uh, particularly because as with so many things in health, what works for one person might not work for another. And what's actually really helpful for one person might be really harmful for another person. And this topic kind of is really easy to get into that area of if you've had a a history with an eating disorder, if you tend to be very black and white in your thinking, certain things like that, it might be really difficult to implement some of the things I'm talking about today. But on the other hand, I know that there are other people who can really benefit from having a little more structure, having some guidelines. And I think it's important for dietitians like myself, even in the intuitive eating space, to Talk about some of these gray areas and not treat intuitive eating as so black and white because we're always trying to teach our clients not to think in black and white. We need to also be 
discussing some of these gray areas in health and wellness. So when people first learn about intuitive eating, they usually start with principle number one, which is to reject the diet mentality. Dieting is full of food rules. They tell you, these diets tell you exactly what to eat, what not to eat, when to eat, when not to eat. They're usually full of these kinds of rules. Letting go of all those food rules can be a little bit scary for some people. They might worry that they're just going to go crazy around food without, if they don't have any rules. But food freedom and intuitive eating can also feel really liberating at the same time. Not having to follow a whole set of rules with your eating, it can feel just so much lighter and easier using your body as your guide in what to eat and not a, a set of outside influences. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, a lot of times when someone has been on the extreme of dieting, once they stop, then it's really common, sometimes even necessary, for them to swing kind of to the other extreme of really just letting go of all rules, kind of throwing caution to the wind, going a little bit crazy with some of the foods that were forbidden and off limits before, and maybe eating more of those foods that aren't necessarily health promoting from a physical standpoint, but they really just need to show themselves and their bodies that they are going to allow permission for all foods, that they aren't going to be so restrictive. And not everybody has to go through that, but I think a lot of people do. And like I said, it can be a really good thing, but we don't want to stay there any longer than we need to, because generally that doesn't feel very good. You know, intuitive eating is all about fueling your body in ways that feel good and when you're at that end of the extreme with going a little bit wild, that that doesn't feel good. So what I try to do on this podcast and with my clients is help find that middle spot where you're not on the dieting extreme, you're not on the extreme of eating whatever you want, whenever you want. You're practicing more of the gentle nutrition through with the right mindset, with the right habits and lifestyle changes that will be sustainable and that help you feel really great and give you lots of energy. We don't need to set a bunch of strict rules around food and movement to get there, to be in the middle. But we also don't need to just throw all plans and structure out of the window and kind of fly by the seat of our pants all day and just hope that all goes well. I think that a lot of people can benefit from still having some guidelines that they try to follow each day in regards to their health. So let's talk for a minute about the difference between a rule and a guideline. Rule and guideline are two words that often are used synonymously with each other because they're both kind of used to direct people, but they really do, they really are two completely different words. They have completely different meanings. A rule is generally a lot more forceful. It doesn't usually allow for a lot of wiggle room. It's a little more rigid, not really open for interpretation. And when a rule is broken, there's often a punishment that goes along with it. Now, in the dieting world, often the punishment most women give, them, give themselves is to beat themselves up, to feel guilty or ashamed, that they just can't stick with the rules, to feel like they're failures, they don't have any willpower, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe even to be more strict in the future. They feel like they have to set even more rules because they obviously can't trust themselves around food without these strict rules. A guideline, on the other hand, is more of a principle, more of a, maybe a piece of advice. It guides somebody. It doesn't force them to do anything. 
It doesn't punish them when they don't do the thing. It's just there to help light the path and guide the way if they choose to follow. When a guideline is broken, ideally, we simply notice it, maybe take a minute to recognize why we broke it, what happened. Um, Maybe you had a really valid, good reason for breaking it. We'll talk about that here in a minute, that guidelines are meant to be broken at times. That's part of their flexibility and nuance. But if it was a guideline you didn't want to break or didn't mean to, then you can maybe take a look at how to avoid any pitfalls in the future. And then you just move on. There's no punishment necessary. There's no drama. There's no guilt. You just get on with life. So to me, the main difference between a rule and a guideline is that rules are more rigid. They're more forced. They're more black and white. And guidelines are more like a recommendation, a guide. There's a lot more gray. I've found that food rules that stem from diet culture tend to be a lot more strict and specific than guidelines. And a lot of times they also encourage you to ignore your body and your internal cues. So for example, some rules that I've heard from diet culture are that you're only allowed to eat at certain times of the day, that you're not allowed to snack between meals, you should always clean your plate or you should never clean your plate. You can only eat X amount of calories or X amount of macros each day. You should never eat anything with high fructose corn syrup or sugar or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You should always choose the low carb or the low calorie or the low sugar option. You should always choose brown rice and wheat bread over their white counterparts. Some are as extreme as to say you should never eat any fruits or vegetables that are high in sugar, such as bananas and carrots. Or you should avoid all gluten, even if you don't have any intolerance or sensitivity to gluten. These are all really rigid, oftentimes fear-based, and oftentimes hard to stick to. It's hard to create a carefree, flexible, all-around healthy lifestyle with rules this rigid. So in short, I recommend staying away from any rule or guideline for that matter that encourages you to ignore your body's internal signals is unrealistic, is just going to add unneeded stress and complication to your life, and doesn't take your personal preferences and lifestyle into consideration. Guidelines are usually much more flexible, like I I mentioned, and much more realistic. They take your individual circumstances into consideration, and I also think that guidelines need to be ones that you set for yourself. They're ones that you want for yourself, not ones forced onto you by others or ones that you think you just should do or need to do. Even if you know that exercising five days a week would be good for you and good for your health, and your doctor says you really should make that a goal, and your husband says you should be exercising that much, if you really don't want to work out five days a week or you don't feel like that's realistic, then don't make that one of your guidelines. Maybe your guideline is to exercise one or two days a week to start with. And maybe it stays there. Again, this is such a personal thing. It needs to work for you and for your life. So I'm going to share a few of my personal health and food guidelines. But again, this is for me. This is what works for my life. Some of these things I've kind of worked up to, like when I wanted to start an exercise routine again, I did start with just a couple days a week and I worked up to where I am now. So these are guidelines that work for me in my current situation, and they might change in the future. They certainly have changed from the past, and 
I give them to you just as an example of what a healthy guideline might look like. And if you want to take any of mine and use them in your life, then great. If you don't, then great. (laughs) I'm just offering them as suggestions. So I try to exercise for about 30 to 40 minutes most days of the week, five to six days of the week. I try to eat within an hour of waking up. I also try to stop eating around eight or nine at night, depending on kind of when I had dinner, to give my digestive system a break for the night. I try to limit fun foods to one small treat a day. I try to eat when I'm hungry and stop eating when I'm full. I try to eat at least one type of produce at each meal and at each snack when possible. I try to get each of the macronutrients, so protein, carbs, and fats at every meal and at least two of those at every snack. I try to get seven and a half to eight hours of sleep each night. Usually closer to seven and a half is what my body seems to need. And I try to spend at least 20 minutes outside each day. Now, there are some weeks that I only get three or four workouts in. There are some weeks that I don't get any. There are nights that I eat past nine o'clock. There are days that I eat more than one serving of treats or fun foods. There are meals that I don't have any produce at. (laughs) There are nights that I only get five to six hours of sleep. There are days that I don't spend any time outside. I do not claim or pretend to follow these guidelines that I've set for myself perfectly. And when I don't follow one of my guidelines, as I mentioned earlier, I don't beat myself up. I don't throw in the towel and say, forget it. I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't even try. Why am I even trying to follow these guidelines? I just keep trying. It's as simple as that. Now, there are other times when I intentionally stop following one of my guidelines in the name of health. If I'm feeling under the weather, then I don't work out. I don't try to get produce at every meal if I'm not feeling up to it. And if I'm hungry at night, I will have a snack so that I don't go to bed hungry. If I'm short on time and it's a stressful day and I can't be as intentional about my meals, I don't stress about getting all the macronutrients into my meal. I just eat what I can. But I still like having these guidelines. I still like having kind of these little goals every day that I'm trying to work towards and that really have kind of turned into habits. So I don't have to think too much about them most of the time. But sometimes if I can kind of feel myself getting off somewhere, if I'm starting to get tired more often, I just look back at these guidelines and try and pinpoint where I'm consistently not following one. And often that's kind of the clue that I need to know what I need to adjust to get my energy levels back. So having these guidelines has really served me in my quest to practice gentle nutrition and create a healthy lifestyle that's doable, that's enjoyable, that allows me to live my best life. You might notice that many of these guidelines could be twisted into a food rule. You might have even been given some of these rules when on a diet. The eating after a certain time of day seems to be kind of a touchy one for a lot of people because usually that's very a very diety rule. But the last thing I want to point out is that your why with these guidelines really matters. So the why for a lot of people to not eat after a certain time of day is because they're trying to cut calories, because they heard that food turns straight to fat if it's eaten after a certain time, because they're practicing intermittent fasting and they're not allowed to eat after a certain time. 
And my reason for not wanting to eat after around eight or nine is because I want to give my digestive system a break for the night. I do want to take some advantages of the benefits of fasting without having to go to the extremes that a lot of intermittent fasting diets will encourage. I usually feel better. I sleep better when I don't have a really full stomach at night, especially if I eat something really sweet right before I go to bed. I notice I'm really restless. Sometimes I'll break out in night sweats. I just, I feel better when I have a little bit of space between my last meal and when I go to bed and I give my body a little extra time that it's not having to work on those digestive processes and it can just work on the rest and repair that my digestive system needs. So when making a guideline for yourself, you really need to pay attention to your why. Are you setting that guideline because it's really what's best for your health and it makes you feel great? Or are you only focused on weight loss at the expense of your health? It's fine to set a guideline that serves your health and also might lead to weight loss. But if your guideline is eat a thousand calories a day or exercise for two hours, seven days a week, or cut out all carbs or only eat raw foods, those kinds of guidelines are generally not what's best for your health. The guideline needs to be realistic. It needs to be health promoting. So as we wrap up here, if you are still in the very beginning stages of intuitive eating, maybe you're just barely learning what it is, you're just getting out of diet culture, you might need to spend a little time in the first couple of steps and rejecting the diet mentality, making peace with food, challenging the food police, and also discovering the satisfaction factor. You might need to spend some time there before you try setting guidelines for yourself. Because it is so easy to slip back into the diet culture, all or nothing thinking and the rules and all that. If you haven't had a little bit of space to kind of heal that portion and, and get really far away from that culture. Now, it's very possible that some people can learn to eat intuitively and do all of that while also still setting guidelines for themselves right off the bat. Intuitive eating is not a one-size-fits-all. Again, it it depends on how long you've been dieting, what your history is like, what your personality type is like. So if you are new to intuitive eating and you want to try setting some guidelines and you feel like you can do it from a healthy place, by all means, you know yourself better than I know you. But just be very careful and pay really close attention. If the guidelines you set bring any sort of anxiety or perfectionism or guilt or shame when you don't follow them, then that might be an indication that you need to let go of those for a while. And then you can come back to them for sure when you start feeling a little more able to do it from a healthy space. So hopefully that was helpful and it made sense. And it gives you permission if you want to set some guidelines for yourself, but you're feeling like that might be diet culture. You're not quite sure if that's in line with intuitive eating. I mean, this is just my opinion, I guess. But for me in my life, It absolutely feels health-promoting and really helpful to have guidelines that I follow each day. And I know for my clients, a lot of them feel the same way, just to have a little bit of structure and some realistic, healthy plans can be really helpful in their pursuit of health and wellness. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for going on this journey of finding true health for yourself, finding what that means for you working towards that healthier lifestyle so that you can show your body the love and respect that it deserves, both in your thoughts and in your actions. 
You are amazing. I know that finding this gray area can be tricky and messy and a little bit hard sometimes, but it's such a wonderful and freeing way to live and to care for your body. I hope you have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. If you'd like help implementing what we've talked about today more fully into your life, come check out my self-paced program at helpthroughhabits.com. You'll use the science and tools of habit formation to help transform your health and your mindset so that you can enjoy finding true health for yourself. I hope to work with you soon.